touchdown for Darvin Adams. Wide open. He got in behind Abdul Kenna. And the Bombers take advantage of the turnover. It is week seven in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara with you. Man, it's Johnny time, baby. Johnny Manziel, let's get right into it. Johnny football to the Montreal Alouettes. What a week seven it is teeing up to be. Trades galore. Adarius Bowman, the Argos dealing, the Lions wheeling and dealing. Crazy weeks for Andrew Harris, for Bo Levi Mitchell. And I got it all for you here, folks. Delivered by Domino's. Make sure you go to dominoes.ca today. You can get a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. If you're hungrier than that, no problem. Three bucks more. Go get yourself a large. Try the marble cookie brownie for dessert. You can thank me later. On Twitter, at AndyMC81. On Instagram, at AndyMCSports. On today's show, why go to La Belle Provence? Rick Moffat, voice of the Alouettes from our sister station, TSN 690. Talk about Manziel when he'll play. What the, this acquisition means. Not just Manziel, but the upgrade at the offensive line, bringing in Bowman. Is this a Hail Mary shot in the dark desperation move? Or is this something that could really work and turn around the once-proud Alouette franchise? We'll get behind the helmet with my special guest from the Hamilton Ticats, also formerly of the NFL's New Orleans Saints, Delvin Bro. That'll be in a few minutes. And TSN.ca, Scott Cullen with Power Rankings and CFL Fantasy Tips. This is an interesting week for your fantasy CFL lineup when it comes to running back. Very expensive options and a couple sleepers. So stay tuned for that. That'll be in about 40 minutes' time when I chat with Scott Cullen. But folks, we got to get to my Twitter poll question here. It's about our guy, Johnny Manziel, going from Hamilton to the Montreal Alouettes. My question is at AndyMC81. You can vote there. Once Johnny Manziel becomes the Alouettes' starting quarterback, how will the rest of his season go? So once they say, okay, you know the playbook, you're ready, let's go. How is it going to end up? Will Johnny be an instant success? Will he have gradual improvement? Kind of okay, but gradual improvement throughout the rest of the year. Or is he going to be a disappointment non-factor? Vote at AndyMC81. We've got to look at the players of the week. Man, the Harrises. Andrew Harris of the Blue Bombers went absolutely psycho. 161 yards on 27 carries. A career day. And... For Andrew Harris, who has really taken the pressure off of Matt Nichols, who I knew he would rebound off of that no-touchdown three-interception performance, back to the more safe, precise quarterback. But you got Andrew Harris, and he is just going full-out beast mode. That is so much pressure that you're able to take off. He also coupled in with that 16 receiving yards. So Harris dominating. Then you go to the nation's capital. The other Harris... Trevor Harris, who I've been pounding the table that I think Trevor Harris belongs in the upper echelon quarterback conversation in the CFL. He's got the tools. He's got the mentality. He studies hard, but he has to do it more consistently. Had a dud two weeks ago. Rebounded huge. Amassed 363 passing yards to be a CFL performer of the week. 30 for 44. Also scampered for 13 rushing yards. So Trevor Harris if you, I'm not saying you got to throw for 363 every week, but you have to get the consistency down, and this guy can lead the Red Blacks to win the East. Like this division is totally wide open. And the other CFL performer of the week, Brad Sinopoli. What a day for Sinopoli. And he's been inconsistent, almost matching Harris. Giant week, 
slow week. And it was a giant week for him. 171 yards on 11 catches. Sick production for Brad Snopley. So those are your players of the week. The trades, man. Okay, uh, so we'll get to the Johnny one in a minute. But the Toronto Argonauts saying defensive end uh, Sean Lemon to the BC Lions for a name, a player on the club's negotiation list. So Sean Lemon, who struggled a bit this year, getting a little bit older, but can still be a dominant force off the edge. That is a huge upgrade for the Lions, and the Argos making that move very interesting. I wonder what that means or if that sends any sort of message for the rest of their season. The Alouettes made a trade in addition to Johnny acquiring Adarius Bowman from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for a eighth-round 2019 CFL draft pick. So uh, the Alouettes are not picking in, in the draft for the next like three years. First round picks, eighth round picks, all over the place. You get Bowman, guy two, year, two years removed from a 1,300-plus yard passing season, a stud. Down a bit last year, now he's 33, a non-factor with the Blue Bombers so far this season. Now remember, they went through, Chris Strevler back to Nichols, wasn't fitting in, sent him to the Alouettes, and that makes sense because, oh yeah, there's that other trade where Johnny Football went from Hamilton to the Alouettes. And what the Alouettes had to send back was sizable. Jamal Westerman, Canadian defensive end. You add that in to that Ticats D-line, that is, that is a nice upgrade and, and depth move for them. Then you get Chris Williams, speedy, similar to a Brandon Banks. They're kind of doubling down, but a speedy receiver on a team from Montreal that didn't have a whole lot of weaponry to give up. So you take away Williams... And you put in a totally different receiver, the 6'3 Bowman, who can be, eventually for Johnny, that big target, move the chains guy, if he's right. If he's right, he can do that. Uh, they give up Tony Washington and Landon Rice on the offensive line for uh, the Ticats going back the other way to protect the quarterback and upgrade there. So I think it can be a win-win for both these teams. Okay, let's get to three downs. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. Nichols has Andrew Harris. Nobody covered him. It's a six-yard touchdown, and the Bombers are blowing this open. It's now 21-1. Oh, yeah. And it got uglier than that. Rob Black and Dwayne Ford who had the call on TSN review the Bombers' win over the Argos and Andrew Harris's monster game for Winnipeg. Well, there was no blowing a lead for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They had control early. The Argos did make it interesting thanks to a couple of scoop and scores, but their offense just could not get anything going. Bomber defense did a great job, but this game was all about Matt Nichols' control, Darvin Adams making some big plays. But in essence, it was Andrew Harris's showcase. Yeah, and this offense really has revolved around Andrew Harris right from day one of this season. And, and you can imagine why at the start of the year with Matt Nichols out of the lineup, a rookie quarterback at the helm and Chris Strebler, why you'd look to lean on your star running back a little bit more. But I think that the, the thing that the Bombers have found is that Harris has been so good that it hasn't mattered who's been at quarterback and what other weapons they've had available, that their best opportunity to win comes when they put the ball in the hands of number 33. Absolutely terrific today. Over 150 yards for him. A new single game career high. 
league-leading rusher, third consecutive game of 100-plus yards. Andrew Harris has been an absolute monster. He is a very humble superstar as well. Uh, do you think he might be taking his O-line out for some dinner tonight? <laughs> you know, I, I thought the O-line you know, might have been the, the next best thing to Andrew Harris in this game. This is a group that is, has really gelled together over the course of the last couple of seasons and a huge part of the success of, of a dominant Winnipeg Blue Bomber running game. Big bounce back win for the Bombers after losing the lead and losing the game in BC. Very difficult start for the Argos, the defending Grey Cup champions. And round two, the rematch next week in Winnipeg. Second down. You know, at the end of the day, I'm about my business. I'm about being a professional football player. And, you know, that's where I've uh, made mistakes in the past. And, you know, I know for a fact I'm not going to let that continue moving forward. That's the voice of Lejean Football in Montreal. Johnny Football, as he addressed the Montreal media. TSN's Dave Naylor and John Liu discussed that beginning with Dave. It was, after all, first day. Johnny Manziel said that he was up at 5 a.m., arrived in Montreal around 9 a.m. Practice was at 4 p.m. this afternoon, and as you might expect, that uh, he was not high on the depth chart on the quarterback pecking order. What we saw in Skelly drills and then first-team offense against uh, scout defense was Matthew Schiltz, Vernon Adams Jr., and then Johnny Manziel. And Coach Sherman was very clear in saying that this was only day one. He still has two more days of practice, but he doesn't want to put pressure on Manziel to try to rush him to the field. And so... Um, with the Edmonton Eskimos coming to town on Thursday evening, uh, it, it remains to be seen whether Manziel will suit up for that game. But the next two days will be very telling. Yeah, it was certainly interesting. The, the Mike Sherman said, and I, you know, this is kind of stating the obvious, but in terms of applying to the short term, he said we didn't bring him here to sit on the bench, which the Hamilton Tiger Cats evidently did because he didn't get on a snap for the regular season. So, you know, he, you know, Mike Sherman made it sound like, you know, if they feel like he's ready, you know, he's certainly going to be in uniform, and we could see him in the game. And I think it'll play out a lot depending on. How how that game goes. I mean, the Eskimos are going to be significant favorites in this game. If they get up and score, you know, I, I could see a situation where they would put Johnny Manziel in, and, and Mike Sherman said it. Hey, he thought he absorbed a lot of things just in today's practice. See what happens tomorrow. Then they've got the walkthrough on Wednesday, and the familiarity of some of the things he was doing in Hamilton, the familiarity that he has with Mike Sherman, even though that's a few years ago, going back to Texas A&M, are all things that could shorten that learning curve. But, you know, based on what I heard today, I, I don't think I'd be if I saw Johnny Manziel taking some snaps in that game. Again, understanding that that game plays out could factor a lot into that. Yeah, and Coach Sherman uh, addressed uh, their past, uh, their their history going back to their Texas and A&M days where um, he didn't coach Manziel when he became Johnny Football, but um, their connection through uh, um, uh, Manziel as a redshirt and a uh, redshirt player, uh, certainly you can see that there's a, the history between them, there's a there's a great deal of affection, there's a great deal of respect between the two, and this could very well be uh, a, a tandem that could work very well for the Alouettes. Yeah, and he talked a lot about just you know meeting Coach Sherman and meeting his family and the respect that he had for him, you know, as just an, as an 18-year-old, and then he said, you know, th being close to him again, this is exactly what I think I need in my life right now, and you know, the coincidence of, you know, June Jones, a guy who recruited him, being his coach in Hamilton, and now coming here to play for a guy who successfully recruited him to Texas A&M when he was that redshirt freshman. You know, I think it, it, you could sense, uh, to me, a real sort of comfort. I mean, he's in a new city where there's a different language and new teammates and a new playbook, and uh, everything's changed for him. But I think, you know, sitting up there next to Mike Sherman today, you could feel kind of, you know, that's a bit of home cooking for Johnny Manziel that I think really will ease his transition here. down.
boy, Bo Levi Mitchell. Alumni guest of Behind the Helmet here on CFL Weekly. Second now on the all-time passing list with the Calgary Stampeders. Chucking up 292 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Bo Levi feeling good. Looks like he's coming back to where he was a couple of years ago. Bo Levi spoke about the game passing Flutie, and then after that, head coach Dave Dickinson commented. You went uh, past Doug Flutie, uh, number two in Stampeder history. Uh, what does that mean to you in terms of passing yardage and surpassing someone uh, with the great renown of Doug Flutie? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. You know, I mean, Doug, we all obviously know Doug and his career. Uh, I'm, a, I'm more of a realist when I think about it. You know, I mean, I've been here my entire career, and he's he's thrown, you know, for however many yards with Toronto also and the NFL. So uh, it is awesome to be in the same breath as that guy, but, you know, I've, I've, I'm going to have a little bit more time uh, with the Sam than he did. So I'm coming, Hank. Yeah, it was mentioned after the game. Uh, you know, any time you can pass Doug Flutie in the category, um, he's got a ways to go as far as CFL yards, though. So, uh, you know, congrats. I think he's got a lot more football in him, though. So I'm sure it's just a, a nice milestone, but uh, we'll see if he can get to the top. That was head coach Dave Dickinson of the Calgary Stampeders. Before that, Bo Levi Mitchell still to come. Delvin Bro and behind the helmet, defensive back for the Hamilton Ticats. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca, Power Rankings and CFL Fantasy. But up next, Rick Moffat, voice of the Montreal Alouettes on TSN 690. What does Johnny Manziel coming to town mean? That's next here on CFL Weekly Across the TSN Radio Network. Whether you're in a hurry, out with friends, or just hungry, it's always a good time for Domino's Pizza. Starting June 11th, check out this deal. A medium four-topping pizza for $9.99. That's right, load up that medium pizza with a wide variety of fresh topping choices for only $9.99. Hungrier? No problem. Make it a large four-topping pizza for just $3 more. Order today and check out all of Domino's delicious pizza, side dish, and dessert options at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. I in no way, shape, or form asked to leave or anything like that. I was going about my Sunday just as, as everyone else in this room was and, and got a call from Coach Jones. Um, I'm very thankful um, from what Coach Jones told me that this was them giving me an opportunity to, to get reps and, and get a chance to come in and compete um, and see the field. Well, his chance is coming. The voice of Johnny Manziel addressing the Montreal media, newest member, of the Alouettes. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. Still to come in the show, Delvin Bro, defensive back for the Hamilton Ticats and behind the helmet, and TSN.ca's Scott Cullen with power rankings and CFL fantasy tips. Right now, though, let's go to Montreal. The voice, play-by-play voice on TSN 690 for the Alouettes, Rick Moffat. Rick, how you feeling, baby? The Alouettes, relevant there across the country. Everyone's loving Montreal. Well, I tell you what, uh, this really has excited the whole Alouette fan base. I think it's going to bring new fans up the mountain to Molson Stadium to see Johnny football fever. <laughs> and uh, you know what? The more Cavis Reed and Mike Sherman say he's not a savior, uh, I-, I think he's got to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick, that's such a great point because you don't want uh, – there's there's the side, of course, you don't want to put that all on one guy's shoulders. But in the same breath, they are not winning. The offense is non-existent. The quarterback position has been a dead zone. The, as Mike Sherman said, this needs to work, and he says it will work. They, they Both sides don't really have a choice. Maybe that's the perfect blend here, Rick, because Johnny needs it to work, and certainly Cavis Reed and that whole front office and coaching staff needs him to work. 
Absolutely. And uh, everybody's wondering, okay, how soon can he get ready for a starting role? Uh, Yesterday he did take uh, a few fleeting reps with the first team on his first day in Montreal. On his second day in Montreal, uh, Johnny Football gets a little more reps with the first team, but interesting, Mike Sherman goes to Vernon Adams Jr., Big play VA from his <laughs> Oregon college days, right? He's bounced right. around sure. uh, through uh, a bunch of CFL stops already in his short career. But to me, this is interesting because this allows the entire Alouette offense now to move away from a pocket passer game to a mobile guy to moving the pocket left and right. And for me, this acknowledges that all right, uh, Vernon Adams, you're going to be the stopgap Thursday. Maybe we'll even see uh, Johnny Football in uh, for a couple of gadget plays or a couple of series against the Eskimos. But this, to me, preps the whole offensive scheme for Johnny Football, his first start, as soon as next weekend against the Hamilton Tiger Cats again at home for the Alouettes the way the marketing department is salivating for <laughs> Absolutely. Rick, I love how you put that there in moving away from the pocket passer of, of Drew Willie, and, and let's face it, it wasn't working. So now what you do, the perfect quarterback room in my mind is always the backup complements the starter. So if somebody goes down or you need to make a change, it's not a whole new offense. And Vernon Adams hasn't really gotten his shot. A little taste here and there with Montreal before, but I, I think that's great. As you said, gets the offense ready, and then you sprinkle in some Johnny time and, and maybe not force him in, especially if Adams plays well. And Vernon Adams has won in Montreal, yep. albeit it was uh, late in the season 2016, uh, and, uh, and he did it by scrambling at times running for his life. Uh, <laughs> but, but the Alouettes move away from the pocket passer game, and when you think of, you know, effectively, uh, Johnny Football is going to become the 14th different starter since the Alouettes moved away from Anthony Calvillo. Uh, wow. 13 starters to this point to replace number 13. So when you think about it, most of those guys were in the Calvillo mold in the sense of being pocket passers. Even Troy Smith, uh, who's the only other Heisman Trophy winner who's tried to replace Anthony Calvillo, we thought he'd have more mobility uh, than he did. But when he came back after so much rust away from the game, uh, he didn't run near enough. Uh, and was not mobile enough. And the Alouettes have had a succession of guys uh, who in the last couple of years have been sacked way too much. Uh, The other big factor for me is, and this is where those other pieces in the trade come into play, and this is where when Cavis Reed talks about how he's confident in his scouting department to make up for the losses of the draft picks in 2020 and 2021, the Owls have done very well this year getting Trey Rutherford and Jay Johnstone, uh, the number two overall pick, and then the number one overall in the supplemental draft. The Owls are deep again in young O-line talent, Canadian O-line talent, yep. too. And the revolving door quarterback, sadly, has been mirrored the last couple of seasons with uh, revolving door and merry-go-round at O-line spots as well. And 
those two go hand in hand, don't they? Well, sure, sure. In conversation with Rick Moffat, voice of the Alouettes on TSN 690 on Twitter, at Rick Moffat. Yeah, and you get an upgrade there in Washington and Rice. Now, the other interesting move, obviously Chris Williams going back the other way along with Westerman. Williams, a dynamic weapon. The Owls trade with Winnipeg to get a Darius Bowman, who is a couple years removed from a 1,300-yard season. Older, but a bigger target, maybe a chain mover for Johnny. Well, and it's interesting because in giving up Chris Williams uh, to the Tie Cats, uh, Williams had proven himself once again to be the true speed burner, long bomb threat. And uh, for my liking, Drew Willie uh, didn't go deep enough, often enough to him when he was in there. Right. Matthews, Jeff Matthews seemed more willing. Even uh, Holy Schultz, Matt Schultz seemed more willing uh, to go down the field. <laughs> Uh, but now I think the Owls need another guy who can stretch the field because, as you allude to it, Darius Bowman, yeah, big target going over the middle, but the Owls thought they already had that in Ernest Jackson. Right. And he's fallen off the radar again this season. So, look, maybe maybe having Bowman will still take some pressure off Ernest Jackson, but the Alouettes have to energize Jackson. It's got to happen soon, and... Uh, you know what, maybe B.J. Cunningham be- can become that uh, speed long bomb threat. Eugene Lewis, I thought, was going to be a guy to have a breakout season this year. He's shown some flashes, but not consistently enough. So the receiver core reworked. You know, a lot of, a lot of pieces of this uh, combination lock have to fall into place for Johnny Football to crack the safe here and, uh, and get into the heist here. Well, yeah, and, and Rick, it could really, I, I think they might all go hand-in-hand. Hand. The poor quarterback play results in, well, the O-line isn't good enough, the receivers aren't, and it just seems to be a collective perfect storm mess. So if you can solidify that quarterback spot, create some excitement and some dynamic plays with Vernon switching into Johnny, which needs to be an upgrade, that's where maybe the Alouettes can make a move. And as crazy as it sounds, at 1-4, and four, Rick, this East is wide open. You get on a little bit of a streak here, you can be in playoff contention. Well, that's it. And Adams and Menzel will get outside the pocket. They both can extend plays. Even just in the two preseason games, uh, we saw that uh, Johnny Football has that kind of escapability. We saw his his first Canadian Football League touchdown pass in Montreal, albeit in exhibition football. And I said to myself right then and there, to me, he showed enough in preseason that he was better than anything the Alouettes had. And here we are, you know, five <laughs> games deep, and it's pretty clear that uh, Cavis Reed and Mike Sherman agree. Absolutely. Well, it is going to be must-see TV Thursday night, 7.30 on TSN, as the Alouettes host the Edmonton Eskimos. Rick, thank you so much. Enjoy the call. It's going to be a lot of fun. My pleasure. I, I just wonder, will there be any legs for the hashtag Jean football? <laughs> I'm going to start it. You know, it's Montreal. I don't know. (laughs) You know what? Let's start it together, Rick. We'll get it going. All right. Okay, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, man. That is Rick Moffat on Twitter, at Rick Moffat, play-by-play voice of the Montreal Alouettes. After the break, why go to Tigertown, Steel City, Hamilton Ticats defensive back Delvin Bro. Get to know him a little bit better in Behind the Helmet. That and a whole lot more coming up on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. CFL Weekly rolls on across 
the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. We're delivered by Domino's. Grab a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. Any of their fresh, delicious toppings. And if you're hungrier, just order a large for $3 more. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Well... He played for the Tiger Cats in 2013 and 14, was with the NFL New Orleans Saints for three seasons, now is back in Hamilton. Here's my special Behind the Helmet guest. Joining me now behind the helmet, Delvin Bro, senior defensive back for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Delvin, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going great, man. And yourself? Uh, doing well, doing well. So, back from the NFL, you had CFL, NFL with the Saints, and now back to the Tiger Cats. So, Tell me something that you picked up while in the National Football League that has has helped you or you feel will help you coming through this time in the CFL. Uh, you know what? I, I would say uh, being able to uh, learn how to watch film better, man. Um, you, you know, we have a lot of guys who, you know, consider themselves uh, film junkies and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you, you ask them a couple questions of, of uh, about the film and they only can tell you, you know, a, a few answers, but you need, you know, you, you need to be able to elaborate so it can help other guys out. And in the NFL, that's what those guys were doing. You know, they, they made sure we was in a film room. They taught us how to watch film as far as learning positions, learning how and where the receiver is going to line up, learning what motion, hand motions, what, what uh, feet is going to be up to know what routes and stuff is coming. So um, I, I learned that a lot, and I'm taking that and transitioning it over to these guys um, in the CFL. And, uh, and those guys are picking it up pretty well. So how has it been being back in Hamilton? You were with the team 2013-2014, now back in 2018, returning to the Hammer. How's it feel? Man, it feels great, man. I love, I love Hamilton. It's, 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 it's a part of me. You know, It's a part of my journey, and I'm glad to be back. Excellent. So well, let's get to some non-football stuff for fans to get to know you a little bit better. So, Delvin, we'll go kind of rapid fire here. Tell me a, a childhood nickname if you had one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, D. Just D. All right. Nice and simple. That's good. Uh, favorite pregame meal? Uh, I would say um, I like pasta, uh, shrimp pasta. Okay, and post-game meal, anything after a victory, if you're able to go out, uh, not right after, but, you know, uh, out to celebrate. Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, (laughs) no hesitation. No hesitation. What do you like on the wings? Uh, I like mango habanero. Oh. Oh, yeah. That sounds spicy. I never had that. Hey, New Orleans guy, man. Oh. Louisiana guy. Like the heat. That's right. (laughs) That's right. You got to go spicy. Okay, now you said, you mentioned you were from Louisiana, from New Orleans, so... I'm going to test you on your state knowledge. Okay, couple questions here. See if you're ready. Uh, the state bird of Louisiana. Pelican. Wow. You know what? It's technically a brown pelican, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> I'm impressed. Most guys just don't even know at all. So that, that's that's perfect. Now, how about this state flower? Uh, I was going to say Florida. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it looks pretty in pink. It's a magnolia. A magnolia flower. Yes. Okay. How about 
yeah, I'm yeah, impressed I, with the Pelican. I, I, ain't I, ain't deep in the, I ain't deep in the knowledge like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got the Pelican thing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. That's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, what do you do for downtime? Is it uh, outside of studying tape? Is it video games? Is it, is it movies, TV? What are you doing on your downtime? Uh, my downtime, I, I'm a Call of Duty guy. I play uh, on PlayStation 4, so I... I'm actually was playing before I got on the air with you. Oh, yeah. and, um, um, so I'm a Call of Duty guy. Is there? Do you have one version that's your favorite, or just keep updating him? Oh, I just keep keep it up with all of them. You know, whenever the new one come out, I just get on the new one and play them. Are you no, Are you a Madden guy at all? Do you play uh, NFL? Nah, nah I, I I play it, but I'm not good. I don't I don't care for it. Right, and you you play it every day anyway for real, right? So. You know. <laughs> now, I always like to go a little bit of the fantasy route here, uh, Delvin, as far as, all right, ownership comes to you. Delvin, man, you've done a great job. Here's a free ticket, blank check, anywhere in the world on vacation. Where are you going? I want to say Spain. Oh. Any reason why? Because I've never been, and, uh, you know, I just want to go out there and, and, and try the different uh, pastas and stuff like that. Excellent. Okay, back to the pasta again. Okay. Well, if you're going pasta, maybe Italy on the swing by, right? Yeah, Italy. You know, fast through there. Barcelona. Are, are, you, are you a car guy at all? Do you like uh, Do you like cars? No, not really. No, not not a car guy. Now, as far as movies, TV show, favorite all time. Uh, I would say Lost. I'm, I'm actually oh. uh, about to finish up that tonight. I, look, I didn't watch this about ten times already, so I'm wa- I'm rewatching it again in Canada. So I'm rewatching ah. it every night. Um, <laughs> just because I love the show, man, it's, it's awesome, and it's uh, it, it keeps me up and keeps me going. Is there something that most people would not know about you by you being a football player? Is there something? Off the field, so, something that that you do like uh, cooking, just something that people might find interesting. Um, I love to grill. Oh, um, you put me on the grill, and uh, I can throw some steaks and chicken wings. Um, I, I can throw uh, uh, some grilled potatoes, do some grilled asparagus, grilled vegetables, and you know, just grilled fish. So I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good griller. Just grill it all up, okay? Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, now. When it comes to to Netflix, you mentioned uh, Lost. Is there anything you're binge watching right now that's that's new or something that's not Lost? Is there anything that uh, that jumps no, out to you? It's, it's Lost. It's all Lost. <laughs> it's all Lost. It's all Lost. Wow. Okay, I got one more for you. We'll swing back to football for a second. The p- part of practice, a drill, a whatever that you hate when the coach calls it, you're like, oh man, no. Um, no, I don't have one. I love all the drills. I, I love all the drills. I love everything, man. I love wow. football. <laughs> Coaches, usually the players jump out and they say, you know, sprints or burpees or something like that. You just love, you just love being out there. Yeah, I love being out there, man. Wow. Good for you. Well, Delvin, really appreciate the time. Fans, you get to know them and uh, look forward to seeing you out in the field. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. That was Delvin Bro of the Hamilton Ticats. Interesting dude. Loves his pasta. How about that? And CFL.ca reporting for sure that uh, Johnny Manziel will not start, but will see the field on Thursday when they play. So that's just a, a heads up there. Uh, action all starts Thursday night. Montreal and Edmonton follow Toronto, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Hamilton, Calgary, Saskatchewan. After the break, CFL power rankings and CFL fantasy tips with TSN.ca Scott Cullen. You're listening to CFL Weekly Across the TSN Radio Network. <laughs> Back 
to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. And as we get ready for week seven, don't forget, over the weekend, if you're hungry, get yourself some Domino's pizza, folks. All the great carryout and delivery deals at Domino's.ca, from the mediums to the largest to the marble cookie brownies to the side dishes, everything you need at Domino's.ca. Let's welcome in TSN.ca, Scott Cullen. Scotty, how are you? Awesome. How are you doing, Andy? I, I, listen, hey, the, the Johnny Manziel hype. Uh, this is fun. This is this is pretty cool. Has has Johnny has the Johnny signing immediately catapulted Montreal from uh, last or second last to like second or first in your power rankings on TSN. <laughs> well, okay, has it done that's, it? That's like a crazy, <laughs> yeah. but um, I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I, yeah. like I, I I look at what's happened with Montreal and, and their quarterback play, and you think, well, they certainly needed they needed to take a swing at something like this. And, you know, whether it's Mandel or someone else, they needed to take a shot at a guy who has a chance to be a a good starting quarterback in the league. And uh, so long-term, I I suppose it's, it's a, it's a worthwhile play. I mean, there's all kinds of risk. I mean, like from what we saw in the preseason, I thought Johnny Mandel looked pretty good. Like there's a chance that he can be a good quarterback in this league. So that's, why I would support him doing this. At the same time, if he's a really good quarterback in this league, he's going to leave. Right. <laughs> right? Like, like you know, you kind of want to find that, that middle spot where he's, he's, you know, good enough to play, but not good enough that the NFL teams come calling again. So right. I, there is, there is kind of a, uh, a fine line being walked there, but you know, in the, in the short term, I guess, like Mon- Montreal needed a, a legitimate quarterback who can make some plays and do something with that offense. And, you know, I, I don't know whether Johnny's going to be starting immediately here, but like in very short order, he, he ought to be. And uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, and this is an offense, Scotty, that they just, it, it's desperation. Even if it is short term, they've only scored more than 20 points one time all year. Like this is just, yeah. it, for, for Cavis Reed and that whole organization, all right, people say you give up the first round picks. I, I, I bet they're thinking, well, if this goes south, that's not going to be our problem. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Right. Like, I mean, goodness, they they've won one of their past sixteen games. Yeah. Right, going back to last yeah. year, like, it's it's hard to make things worse than that. Exactly. So, you know, take take your shot at at uh, Johnny Menzel and hope that, um, you know the the offense turns around and you can at least make this team a competitive team because frankly they, they haven't been no. for a while and uh, it's time to. Um, you know, kind of take your take your chances and, and hope that the Manziel thing works out. I, like I said, I from what I saw in the preseason, I lo- I I saw. I mean, to, to say you saw potential in Johnny Manziel is no great feat. I mean, sure. the potential has been there since since college, um, but it looked like he'd be able to make the transition to this league. You know, he, he's mobile, um, and that obviously it tends to help quarterbacks in, in this league for the most part. And, um, you know, he, he didn't make uh, terrible decisions when he, in those preseason games for Hamilton. So uh, I, I I like the move for Montreal. Like, I, and, um, you know, they, they've kind of thinned out their – they don't have a lot of talent on offense, and then they trade Chris yeah. Williams in the deal, you know, so that, that makes things tough. And I know they brought in Darius Bowman. Um you know, if, if maybe he could recapture something that would, uh, um, you know, they, they have to do something to try and uh, give Manziel an opportunity to succeed too. Like that's, you know, if you, if you bring in some, some pieces around him, um, you know, maybe, maybe there's a better chance of this whole thing working out. And if we swing over to the fantasy side real quick, Scotty, maybe not this week, but when Johnny does start, I think Terrell Sutton could be a huge beneficiary of this. 
For sure. And, like, thing is, Sutton is a, a pretty quality running back, but the problem is when you're playing on a team that can't move the ball, yeah, you're, you're not – you're not getting great opportunities, right? Like he's not going to score you a bunch of touchdowns, obviously, because they don't score touchdowns. <laughs> and and so, like you say, if you know the rest of the pieces start to come together, like if Adarius Bowman, you know, turns back the clock a couple of years, and Ernest Jackson gets back on track, and uh, you know, if if any of that stuff starts to happen with Manzella quarterback, well, Sutton surely has to be the guy who who can benefit because you know he's kind of their their main workhorse running back, and uh, and has shown even as you know Montreal's you know, performance uh, as a whole has gone uh, in the tank over the last while uh, that, that provided they're competitive, you know, Sutton can put up some numbers. So sure. you know, I, I totally agree that he, he has a chance to, to do really well if, if the rest of the pieces start to fall into place. Now, Montreal's opponent this week coming in to La Belle Provence is the Edmonton Eskimos off of a bye. Last time they played, it was in the rematch of the home and home against the Argos, squeaked out a 16-15 win in that ugly weather game. Where are the Eskimos in your power ranking, Scotty? Because this is a an intriguing team, and not necessarily for good reasons. Only 128 points for 125 against their three and two, and despite all the firepower, they've seemed inconsistent. That's that's exactly it. You know, like they're um, basically it's Calgary and everybody else yeah. um, in the power rankings, and and like my my natural inclination is that Edmonton should be right next there like hmm. they should be the second ranked team but you know they they have underachieved like like when they they struggle in those two games against Toronto I know they split them but I mean a 16-15 home win against the Argos is hardly anything to uh, you know pound your chest about no. um and so you know it, it it basically feels like you know they've underachieved to this point but even the Eskimos underachieving is still better than most of the other teams in the league and 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 a lot of that, uh, you know, I, I tie that into you, you feel comfortable with their quarterback situation compared to, to some of the other teams. You know, with, if everything else, in spite of everything else that's going on, you, you feel like Mike Riley is going to give you um, pretty consistent performance from week to week. And, uh, you know, that, that makes them a little bit more reliable than, um, than other teams in the league. But as I say, like, I think at the beginning of the year, I even had the Eskimos at number one. Uh, so, you know, I obviously have I have high hopes for what they can do, but they haven't done it so far. No, not yet. And if we swing over to the East, power ranking wise, boy, this is a it's a bit of a mess because Trevor Harris has been almost good every other week, and mm-hmm, you don't really mm-hmm. again we talk about upside. He's right there. Uh, the Hamilton Ticats, despite all the accolades for Jeremiah Masoli, has fewer touchdowns and interceptions, and all those 300-yard games have not equated to major scores and wins. Argos are falling off, and Montreal, until Johnny gets acclimated, who knows? So how, how are you ranking the East? Do you have Ottawa at the top? Is it Hamilton? Uh, I'm, I have Hamilton uh, you know, a shade higher at the moment. But yeah, it's uh, it's not pretty. That's for sure. And and I guess part part of the the value out of this Manziel deal for Hamilton is they get some immediate help. I mean, right. like adding adding Chris Williams is is good. Like he's you know he's a deep threat and a playmaker. But Hamilton wasn't really lacking at receiver. You know they've got lots of guys who uh, who can contribute. They had four four guys who have uh, 250 yards receiving already uh, before they add Williams to that mix. So you know they've got tons of weapons there for Masoli. Uh, I think adding Westerman on the defensive line probably helps. Canadian yeah. defensive end is, uh, obviously ha- has value. And, and to me, you know, this is, I guess, part of the reason I, I side with Hamilton right now is that they've added these two guys who can be uh, 
immediate difference makers at no cost to the, well, I shouldn't say at no cost, at, at little cost to the roster. Like they've lost a couple of offensive linemen, and I think that probably, you know, poses some questions for, for Hamilton in terms of their depth on the offensive line and, and how they're going to make up for that. But, you know, the main piece going the other way is Johnny Manziel, who is giving them nothing. Right. You know? So I, in the, in the, kind of looking at the rest of the season, I look at Hamilton going, look, we've just added two, two impact players who should be able to um, provide better results. And then look, maybe Chris Williams helps them find the end zone a little bit more often. Cause you're right. But given all the yards they've put up, um, Hamilton has not scored uh, as much as they should. In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Okay, let's swing over to the fantasy side. And, Scott, if we look at the TSN and CFL fantasy game, just from the overall price point, you have Mike Riley at number one. We're used to that, $14,000. Right underneath him, not another quarterback, Andrew Harris at 10191 Back-to-back, over 30 fantasy points. And even though that Toronto defense might be a little bit banged up, Scotty, that's that's a. I don't know if I can swallow that for for a running back. That's a, that's a tough oh. price point for a running back, right? I mean, like, and Harris has been great, like uh-huh. undeniably great. So, you know, don't take this as any kind of uh, slight on on Andrew Harris. Um, but I, I mean, I'd be wary given that he played these, you know. Two huge games back to back. You know, maybe maybe this week it comes back a little bit to normal. Um, you know, and whether normal, you know, he still might put up a hundred yards and then a touchdown. Like that, that would be fine. You just the price uh, would would make me wary on, on Andrew Harris. But um, yeah, and then I think just in general, um, I've tended to avoid paying too much running back. Where you reap good value on on running backs, like like in past weeks when Harris wasn't costing you over $10,000. Uh, I, li- I liked having him on my roster and you know got some sure. good value out of it. But I think once the price goes up over $10,000, um, you are not looking at a whole lot of upside there. Now, sticking with running back, what about our boy Don Jackson? He might have reached, Scotty, the point of, uh, of, know, of the tipping point. <laughs> over 6000 bucks. had a soft week last week up against the Rough Riders, who is a, a you guess what, what the heck they're going to bring each week. Have we reached the yeah. point that we have to park our guy, Don Jackson? I, I, I'm afraid that, like, I, I always feel like, you know, I, I'll ride, ride her till she bucks you kind of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. thing. And, and I think that's kind of what happened with Jack last week is the price had been so favorable early mm. in the season. You know, a rookie coming in, he doesn't have a track record. And so you got to capitalize on that uh, on that price point. Uh, but, uh, you know, as the price kept going up with, with each week that he uh, put up good numbers, uh, you knew you were going to run into a, a point where that was going to stop. And last week it did kind of stop, you know. Um, and, and, but I mean, the price is, you know, it's not, it's not terrible. Um, you know, a little over $6,000, but you know, if, if I have my choice now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably going to avoid Jackson this week. And, you know, that's, um, that's unfortunate. I like when you have a guy that you just kind of keep plugging in week after week, uh, you know, with, when the price hasn't necessarily caught up to, uh, to him. I, mean, I, I recall uh, in the past doing it with Brandon Zilstra. Sure. Know, when sure. He was putting up 100-yard games, and I was just kind of churning him out there week after week, and then all of a sudden you know, the price catches up. And I think that's where we're getting with, uh, with Don Jackson. The, the price is, is starting to catch up to, to his production, and I might be wary this week about him. So that being said, we've uh, eliminated two expensive running backs. Where are we going? I would think if if CJ Gable was healthy, you'd go that route. He's not. Uh, do you? Are, are there a couple running backs that we can slot into our fantasy lineup here? 
Well, this is this is the, the question. Um, you know, the the one thing that I you know in la- last week and on my, my team, I I went with uh, Marcus Thigpen, mm. who got a grand total of two touches, but it actually worked out not so badly because one of them was an eighty-yard touchdown. Right. <laughs> um, but but so the the value play I think is uh, to go with Jerome Messam because oh. you know because he's been out of the lineup for the. Uh, the past little while, but then he kind of took over as the number one back again last week. Uh, his price is down around four thousand dollars. And you know, if you're looking at value, um, Messam uh, back in the starting role for the the Rough Riders would seem to be a, a worthwhile play. So we got him. The the Thai Cats are interesting because John White started to emerge a little bit, but that's mm-hmm. still very much. I don't know if if that's still considered more committee ish, or if John White's ready to take it against Ottawa, who again, as we said, has been inconsistent. Is John White at three thousand one one two? Somebody certainly the value the value is there on White. You know, like there's risk because yeah, they they kind of spread it around. They give um, you know some other guys touches there, but if you know if you're looking at a guy who. Um, you know, at three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, you're you're playing for upside there. Sure, right? sure like yeah. the odds on John White coming in and you know really giving you nothing for your three thousand dollars is pretty low. Uh, and then there's the possibility that you know maybe he gives you a really big game, which which at that at that price point would be um, a huge win for you. So yeah, I, I think you know if, if we're if we're just looking at the value plays, and, and quite frankly, if if the value plays are Messam and White, maybe you can. You know, take one of those guys and then pair it with, um, you know, guys who we talked about before. I mean, I'm, I'm still wary on Harris, but you know, if you if you want to still spend six thousand on on Don Jackson, you know, maybe I'm okay with it. Right. If you <laughs> if you've got value on your other pick. Exactly. Well, Scotty, thank you so much as always. Really appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. That was Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Check out all his fine work there and on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. If you have any CFL fantasy questions, you can tweet Scott or myself at AndyMC81. And if you missed any of the show, check it out on iTunes, on your show page section of your local TSN radio station, or on Twitter at AndyMC81, where I'll have it pinned up right there for you on Instagram, too, at AndyMC Sports. That'll do it. Week 7 coming at you at the CFL. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio networks. Enjoy the games, folks.